0: and I think the first important step is stewardship. Um, Mm. You know, there are a lot of causes out there. There are a lot of people who ask for money from everybody, and I get that. So, you know, instead of always just asking for money, reminding, engaging, checking in on our supporters is going to be something that pays dividends 10x in the future, even if they don't right away. So I think stewarding our donors is is gonna be, is a really important step, especially right now when people don't know how and what they can give.
1: Hi everyone, Trista McIver here, Program Advisor at AMC npo Solutions. Today on The Strategic Nonprofit, we will be discussing NPO software, in particular online fundraising management. Due to our worldwide pandemic of COVID-19, many, if at all, not-for-profit organizations, associations, and societies have been financially affected. They haven't been able to run, say, their annual revenue-generating events, which has created challenging impacts. I have invited uh, Najid Kassam, the CEO and founder of Keela on the podcast today. Najid will share his experience in the NPO sector and also share some ideas on how not-for-profits can stay financially sustainable. So welcome to the podcast, Najid.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate being here and sharing what little wisdom I have with, with all your wonderful listeners.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Now, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you once again on becoming a dad. Early thank you. Of, er, it was early in April, right? Because we were supposed April to do a test and then it, and the baby came and just yeah. kind of put everything on hold. So, you know.
0: Oh, he, he's, uh, he's a wonderful little bundle of joy. Uh, oh. Still learning the importance of sleep, but it'll come, right? So
1: Yeah, they, they they need to learn that. <laughs>
0: No, honestly, honestly I we could Aisha and I couldn't have asked for a better son. He's Gosh. he's smarter than we are already, which is a little bit scary, but the rest of it is fantastic.
1: So. Yeah, they definitely have us trained as parents. You know, we think yes, we got ma'am. it all figured out and we have no we know nothing.
0: <laughs> but he's also, you know, kind of an incredible motivator to do the work that I do. Um, apart from my work at Keela, uh, I'm also on the board of a couple of nonprofits. Um, yeah. I'm the executive director of a think tank. And so uh, it you know, gives changing the world for the better, making positive community change a little more urgency when you, you've got a two-month-old or three-month-old um, reminding you of how important <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the first question I was going to ask you was, um, I guess maybe if you can expand a little bit more on your involvement um, in Mm -hmm. the community. So um, I looked on your website and um, you said you've been uh, part of Not For Profits for many years.
0: Yeah, so I've been in and around the sector for about 30 years. um, And Mm -hmm. so uh, that's a long time, especially it's the majority of my life. Um, My mom and dad um, uh, were born in East Africa. Uh, my mm-hmm. father-in-law was from Uganda, my mom and my mother-in-law was from Kenya, my parents were from Tanzania. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, um, our families fled. Uh, they left, um, yeah. sometimes for economic reasons, others for uh, true persecution. And yet I was born best city in the world here in Vancouver, and uh, <laughs> never a worry in my life. And so early on, my parents... Um, reminded me, taught us, instilled in in all of us, um, that the success that they've had, the support that they've had, the opportunities they've, they've had, have come from our good luck and good fortune, but also because so many folks, community organizations, religious organizations, whatever they might have been, have helped them. And their story is sadly not unique, right. And so so many folks rely on this sector to to give them a chance to, to help build a better life. And so I was as a kid instilled about how important civil society and the nonprofit sector were. And so you know, my parents would exploit me by taking me to fundraise and you know, making me knock on doors and ask for, you know, donation dollars, and then teaching <laughs> me the value of all that. And then as I got older, it just sort of became part of who I am. And so over the past 30 years, I've been like door-to-door fundraiser to, you know, volunteer sorting clothes to executive director and I'm a lawyer. So I did, I've done a bunch of charity law mm. and of course sat on some boards. And now I have the pleasure of leading a, an amazing group of women and men at Kila, helping to empower nonprofits through software. So, it's been a fun journey, and I'm very proud to be a very small part of the nonprofit sector, but hoping that my imprint is, grows every day.
1: Yeah, so with your role at Keela, um, can you explain a little bit more about that and how Keela came about?
0: Yeah, so I mean, um, Keela is a nonprofit software, a tool specifically built for small to medium sized nonprofits to help them work better, to work more efficiently, to empower their decision-making and make their lives just a little bit easier. Fundamentally, Keela is a CRM or, you know, database software. It's, a, oh, it's right. where yeah. you track donors and stakeholders and volunteers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, it's a donation platform and a fundraising platform. It does all the legal compliance work for organizations around donations. So, you know, Keela is CRA certified, it's IRS certified, it's Australian tax office certified. and so. You know, being a lawyer, that's really important to me. To help organizations do that kind of work saves them a ton of money, but also takes that headache off. Um, Absolutely. Maybe yeah. most excitingly, Kela is a tool that helps all that data and understand it better. Kela, we have what we call nonprofit intelligence built into our tool. It's like a, it's like analytics and predictive decision making, and just honestly, like a piece of software that helps nonprofits do their work and especially around fundraising and stakeholder management better. It started because I was frustrated. I was sitting in okay. board of an organization when I was starting my legal career in Toronto and we couldn't find really great software. And so I said those words that every entrepreneur always said, I could build that. Well, you know, hubris has slapped me in the face a few times, but um, if only because of the amazing women and men that I work with every day, that's sort of grown that we've been able to build this great organization.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful story. (laughs) So instead of, you know, saying you're going to do it and then it doesn't happen, you did it.
0: I mean, we looked for alternatives. (laughs) They were too expensive. They're too difficult to use. And I was like, this, like, there are millions of nonprofits in Canada and the US and Australia and New Zealand and all across the world. Why can't, well, it wasn't Keela then. It was just like my crazy uh, (laughs) idea.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: solution. And I think it's emblematic because the word kila actually pays homage to my family's roots in East Africa. Kila mm-hmm. is a, the word kila kitu means everything or kila mtu means everyone. So kila means every or all. It's an inclusive word in and of itself. Mm-hmm. The idea that yeah. our software, you don't need to be a $25 million a year nonprofit to have transformative tools. And so key lies for everyone. And I think that's that's a big part of who we are and through the ease of use of the tools or whatever it might be, that's kind of in our DNA.
1: Excellent. Well, thanks. So right now for associations, um, what would you suggest for them on how they can get um, donations in this current situation we're in?
0: You know, generosity is is a funny thing. It's often Mm -hmm. irrational for the better, I would say. You know, um, there is no doubt that people's pocketbooks, everyday Canadians and Americans and folks all over the world have struggled. Tons of people are out of jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the kind of uncertainty that we haven't really seen for decades and decades and decades. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's not like the financial crisis, which was just about the economy. This is about our you know, our health and our societies and how we live and how we work and, you know, uh, whatever it might be. So I get it. Money is tight right now for everyone. Um, but but there are folks in the world that need support. And the nonprofit sector provides a fundamental service and, and community for, for so many folks in need. And so I think the sector has to think that People know that people are going to continue to be generous, and mm-hmm. it's about going about being more patient. It's about being more engaged. It's being a little bit um, more direct with um, how we engage with with the, our supporters because they won't abandon us. It may just be not right now. It may just be a little bit less. But you know, I fundamentally see the world. With with a half full kind of glass and a rosy colored uh, glasses, whatever idiom you, idiom you want to use, and so yeah. <laughs> I believe that organizations can take steps to do that, and and, and I think the first important step is stewardship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of causes out there. There are a lot of people who ask for money from everybody, and I get that. So you know, instead of always just asking for money, reminding, engaging checking in on our supporters is going to be something that pays dividends 10x in the future, even if they don't right away. So I think stewarding our donors is, is going to be is a really important step, especially right now when people don't know how and what they can give.
1: Yeah, Very, very good point. Yeah. So with um, most um, most people working from home, Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, how can organizations connect with with their donors?
0: You know, I'm old fashioned. Wow. Yes. My staff laugh at me because I pick up the phone and I actually talk to people. I don't just text all the time. I think one thing that we, and it goes back yeah. to that stewardship comment, right? Like, it, yeah. you know, we get, everyone gets a million e-blasts. They get newsletters and they get requests, mass requests via email. Um, And that's all important. And I'm not minimizing that. But at a time when people are feeling isolated, they're feeling lonely, they're feeling they're stuck at home, picking up the phone and actually talking to your donors and engaging with them on a much more personal level. It takes more time, but it is going to pay dividends. And don't just ask for money on the phone call, check in how they are, share the stories of the work that's continuing to be done, uh, you know, things that have been done in the past, the fact that plans are continuing and people are going to give money. But I think one way to engage with people at home is simply talk to them. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I know we've been doing that with AMC MPO Solutions as well. Yeah, um, I've been working from home since the beginning in September, but still, you know, actually people seem to be answering the phone a little bit more now because they, they
0: want to, well, they want to talk, they want to find yeah, out. What, you know, absolutely, And they on. still care about the work that's happening. You know, yeah. if somebody's <laughs> given to you in the past, they're not just like, Oh, Crisis, never going to speak to you again. No, they like want to know that the money yeah. they've given in the past is continuing to do good work. That there's going to be, there's hope, right? Hope is such a powerful thing, and so I think, to to me, you know, that that's a really great, very tangible, easy to do kind of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you're comfortable enough, some For some people aren't. Some people are, some people sure. are absolutely absolutely. Comfortable. At you know, sitting behind a desk, but I absolutely agree with you, and so does Tom, my um the managing director. You know, mm-hmm. he says, me get on the phone, get on the phone, make connect. You know, connect with people." That's just the way.
0: Well, especially because people are feeling lonely right now, like you know, yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, and and I'm all stuck working from home, and those of us are lucky enough to have a job still, and so right, uh, and I yes. and I think again, donors are people. I think that sometimes they're not just machines that give you a check they're they're people they're human beings they're struggling with this too and they also can find light and hope like i said in the work that tons and tons of organizations are doing every day despite all these things you know so many organizations are operating and empowering communities and and creating solutions not to these some of these massive problems
1: yeah yeah definitely so when an association uses um um, the software for fundraising, what kind of, um, results do they, do they see?
0: Yeah, you know, I'm biased. So I, I want to <laughs> answer that question and uh, talk about Kila. And then I will talk about Kila, you know, <laughs> because it's my Okay. Job. Thanks for your honesty. <laughs> you know, I, I call it like I see it. Um, I want to talk about the transformative power of technology itself. I am not a technologist. Yeah. I want to be really clear. I still write with a fountain pen every day. I'm a, I'm a Luddite. Okay, but but um, I think one of the incredible things about technology is it has the ability to level the playing field. So you know mm-hmm. it can do things that folks with way less resources are able to, to to do. You know even though they wouldn't but for that technology. So you know it's it, to me tech across the world across the field inside the sector outside the sector doesn't matter there is a transformative democratizing aspect to technology and so for nonprofits to adopt embrace engage technology as a mechanism for helping them do better to do, you know is incredible and it's so important and 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 the folks my honest to god belief is the folks who don't embrace the tech are going to be left behind I really believe that and we're seeing that especially now with COVID the rush to online fundraising the rush to recurring donations the rush to the rush to these are things that I've been talking about for five years right but now it's not an I told you so moment this is a tragic thing however however You know organizations have to be resilient to change they have to be resilient to whatever's happening out there and it's and this is this is happening whether we like it or not right and so i think um i think tech and adopting that technology is really important and you're gonna see results you know organizations implementing technology doesn't have to be fancy doesn't have to be expensive doesn't have to be complicated but it can save time it can automate processes and it can help you increase create abundancy right of time and of money now i did say i was going to talk about kila because i am going to talk about kila for just one second and that's to say look we've been really blessed we've got thousands and thousands of people using our tools we you know millions and millions of dollars every year flow through our platform we don't take any cuts or anything like that but you know our customers are able to grow quite significantly in the sort of year first 18 months hmm. why because they put a donation form up because they're able to steward their donors because they listen to some of the insights we're giving them like you know Kela's tools help you to suggest when somebody should be giving or how much they should be giving or there's all these really cool insights you add to the transformation of, to, to digital to engaging with the power of the, the the automation you know things like receiving that can be automated all these kinds of things that gives you time to do more work the more good work you do the better you, you know the more you can share it the more you share it the more you're going to generate more donations so you know i think i read a data point somewhere that we did a poll of our close and only the people that answered, so I can't promise it's everyone. Something like in their first year or two years of using Kela, their donations went up like 30, 35%. Yeah. Wow. Now it's not 100% of the orgs, I want to be clear, but it is very clear that embracing technology, and, and in this case, our technology can make a huge difference.
1: Right, right. Yeah, just keeping things organized. I know mm-hmm. I was helping run an, another not-for-profit and I had to manually do all the receipts for the healthcare yeah. fees and all that stuff. And then I'm like, hey, well, what if it gets lost? And then those families don't have that because uh, the mm. organization closed and um, unfortunately, but, but yeah, so I, I've i been on a yeah, board. And I think automating, sort of automating a lot of that, thing, yeah. right?
0: Like how do you automate it? How do you make folks like yourself both paid and unpaid volunteer, uh, sorry, both paid and unpaid staff. Just make it, give them time to do their other parts of the job, Not nobody gets into the sector to do admin. Yeah, like nobody wants to like, oh, I'm gonna go change the world by doing paperwork. Like I've never heard anyone say that in my life, right? So, <laughs> right. Yeah. hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully uh, this can, um, our tools or, or any great piece of technology can help to, to minimize. Them.
1: Yeah, so was there anything that I, I left out anything that you wanted to really share about um uh i guess you know i asked you already about organizations going um, more on a digital or you know uh, type of thing so is there anything else i that i didn't ask you there's a couple
0: couple, couple pieces that i think i hope could be useful to your listeners the first one is like and i'm flogging a dead horse here but Seeing getting recurring donations are so so valuable, they're mm-hmm. steady revenue, they're small, but they're powerful. Right, ten dollars from a donor, it's not going to break anyone. It's like the cost of a subway sandwich or like two Starbucks coffees, right? Maybe, like, maybe, maybe, maybe like one of no three quarters. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> Thank <gasps> God I have simple coffee needs <laughs> as much as humanly possible. Just put it right. There. But, um, yeah. no, it, you know, what I was going to say is focusing on second gifts. Um, yes. so yeah. donor retention is a whole lot cheaper than acquisition. Oh no, uh, yeah. yeah very good real, point. Like there's tons yep. of data to show this, but so mm-hmm. to, to do that, you got to know who your donors are and you got to know if they've given them a couple of times. And from that, you've got to engage accordingly. You know, um, they've already given you a credit card. You're like 97% the way there to getting a second donation. You just have to inspire them with the work you've done and show that the value of their gift was was real and tangible and did positively affect lives. But you've got yeah. their phone number and their email address and their address, like yes. that's way cheaper than going out and finding a new donor to make a donation. And so really mm-hmm. focusing on those that second gift and, and then of course, ideally, turning them into recurring donations. That's the first thing. The second thing would be, um, just because you can't host an event doesn't mean you can't engage, right? So mm-hmm. I've seen lots of like digital galas and this and that. Don't know how I feel because it's like not the same, but you can definitely do things like AMAs with executive directors or um, you know uh, knowledge driven events. And people are gonna give when they're inspired to see what's going on. Just because you can't meet them doesn't mean you can't communicate with them. And we talked about the phone earlier, but other clever and engaging ways to do that, I think are really gonna um, build a bond between donors and their organizations, and their and you know, ultimately lead to more engagement and more giving.
1: Yeah, I mean what what we've been we've been um, doing as well is providing value.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: so we have our podcast that we've been doing, and we we've, we've done a bunch of them. So we have links to those on our website, and I share that with people, and and that. So I think it's yeah, it's really important to um, keep the engagement, as you said and also give value as you know especially with a membership association memberships you know you have some people that are retiring and it's like an accreditation type of association so they don't really need that anymore so how do you keep them engaged how do you how do you, yeah so that's yeah, good
0: and you know one of the things i'm really proud now Kela is not a nonprofit; we're a social enterprise but mm-hmm. i'm really proud of the incredible content my team creates like they you know I learn stuff all the time reading my own company's blog. It's not my company, but, you know, I'm the CEO, so whatever. But I yeah. learn stuff all the time. These women and men who, who work on the content team are just providing a ton of value, to your point, right? And so mm-hmm. our customers and the community, the Keely community, they just get to learn all that. I think that's super valuable.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Great. So how can our audience learn more?
0: I mean, the obvious answer is go to our website, www.keela.com. Www.keela, Super easy. There's lots of informative stuff. And even if you're not ready, and that's to my point previously, to buy a new software, um, like look at the blog, check out all the resources, the guides, the calculators, all the stuff that can help your organization work, regardless of whether you're one of our customers or not. Um, you know, when we set out to build Kela our goal was to build capacity for the sector through software and through education and so and content or whatever you want to call it and so i'm proud of the work that they've done and they continue to do and you know there's so much learning to be had in our sector there's so many folks with tons more experience than than i have many of us in the sector have and so we try to engage with those folks and to kind of steal their wisdom um and, mm-hmm. and share it with all the folks in the sector so i think Come check out kilo.com and and, and give. And for those of you who are scared of software, and there's tons, myself being one of those people, there's nothing to be scared about. You know, tech is transformative, it is democratizing, and it can make your life easier. Uh, Beth Cantor, I think she wrote a book on like the overworked, stressed out nature of the nonprofit sector. You know, I believe technology can help to solve some of those problems because by getting rid of that admin, by getting rid of the stuff you don't want to do, or at least some of it, It gives you energy and opportunity to do the work you do want to do. And that's the important work.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time and and look forward to future conversations.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, take care.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.